2: Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brant Bernard,
0: Cassie Schrader.
2: We'll be right back, Hour 3, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt
1: then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
2: Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota. Go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Jamie's got a gun, and Tony Harris will investigate it.
3: <laughs> so
4: that's good. Are you playing this because it sounds almost exactly like the. Uh... What is it? NSVU or whatever?
0: Oh, I don't
4: know. What's that one? What's the um, TV show that's like? NCIS. Um, oh yeah,
2: that's oh, uh, SVU. Order? No.
4: Is that SVU? SUV. I don't think it's SVU. Is it? Is it? It's not SVU. <laughs> Maybe it is. I love it's law that. And order, law I or, that. Yeah, Law & Order. That's what I'm thinking of. I love is Law & <laughs> Order SVU the same thing? As? No.
2: There's Law & Order, Law & Order SVU. There is just Law & Order. Law & Order SUV, <laughs> Law & Order Compact. I don't know. All kinds <laughs> of stuff.
4: No, yeah, there's Law and & Order, and then there's Law & Order SVU, and I think that might be it. Oh, wait, no. Criminal oh, no. Intent is part of the Law & Order <clears throat> there thing. There you go. The yep. True Crime is, too. Yep. And then there's trial by jury and Law and Order LA. And isn't there also
2: Law and Order Homicide Division or something?
0: I think so. That sounds familiar.
4: Uh no.
2: Well there was a homicide.
4: (laughs) Oh, there's Homicide Life on the Street.
2: Yeah, there you go. That's it.
4: Which is it
2: says it's a related T V series, but I don't know what that means. That was Richard Belzer, I know that. Richard Belzer was one of the stars of that, no question. Welcome back, our advertiser, to the Tom Bernard Podcast. Priority courier experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Owner Steve Kosick and his great fleet of staff and drivers. Great to have you on board our show again. We appreciate it. The FBI agent who got caught up in a texting scandal over his views about President Trump testified on Capitol Hill Thursday. And it was volatile from the very start. Of course it was. Heated and sometimes chaotic is how the Washington Post describes it. And the AP had the same vibe with bitterly contentious and occasionally chaotic Peter Strazak, or is it Strizok? How do you say his name? Is it Strizok?
0: I I don't know.
2: Strizok with a <laughs> Uh Testified that he regretted sending those anti-Trump texts, including one infamous one in which he says, we'll stop Trump's election. But emphatically insisted that his personal views in no way affected his work. B.S., of course they did. Yeah, if he's
4: investigating Trump, then, yeah, yeah. you can't have someone investigate someone unless they're impartial. Absolutely, and he was not impartial. I think we should just gas the entire world.
2: Oh, that's nice.
4: Just no more humans.
2: No more humans, that's it. We failed as a species. Uh, He emphatically insisted that his personal views in no way affected his work on two investigations in 2016 of Hillary Clinton and Trump. Republicans, however, weren't buying it. Opening statement, not once in my 26 years of defending my nation did my personal opinions impact any official action I took, Strzok said uh, in his opening statement. There is simply no evidence of bias in my professional actions. He also said the hearing by House Judiciary, how about we'll stop Trump? Just saying you'll stop Trump, isn't that enough proof? It is for me. Look, I'm not a huge Donald Trump fan. I'm not defending Donald Trump. This guy's just a prick. Yeah, yeah. He's just a pain in the ass and a jerk. Well, what, this,
4: <clears throat> what this means is they are going to call for another investigation right. on Hillary because uh, yep. because the guy showed bias, and they they're probably smart too. Even if it shows
2: nothing again, they're still going to do it. Yeah, I agree. You're
0: absolutely right. Such a waste of money. <clears throat> I
2: know. Mm-hmm. He also said the hearing by the House Judiciary and Oversight Committee is just another victory notch in Vladimir Putin's belt and another milestone in our enemy's campaign to tear America apart. Yeah, okay there, Peter. Why don't you just get your head out of your ass and stop doing things like that? Apparently it's pronounced s- struck. Oh, it's pronounced struck? Somehow. It's not Jizak or whatever I said? <laughs> I don't know what the hell it even is. Ooh, they got Donald Trump's bizarre hairdo finally explained. I got to oh. <laughs> Yeah, it goes this way, and then it goes that way, and then it goes up the other way.
4: I'm sure he pays many dollars in order to get it like that. But
2: why does he? It looks terrible. It's why his, would he want it like
4: that? Well, it's like Conan O'Brien's hair. Yeah, it's I suppose.
2: Horrible, but it's iconic. Trump, President Trump's bizarre hairdo is a result of a scalp reduction surgery. Careful styling held in place by strong hairspray, and too much cheap dye. He didn't have any dye in his hair. His hair is, is white now, isn't it? I don't oh, it's like think a so. light, like a, <clears throat> a light, light blonde. blonde. Oh, it is. Okay.
4: Yeah, his hair. I don't. Does literally everyone go gray at some point?
2: Not everybody. No. Why? Some yeah, people don't. Never wonder. lose wonder
0: why would you have a. skin? Scalp reduction Yeah, what does that even mean? We're
2: going to find out what that means because I have no idea what the hell (laughs) that is. I have never heard of a scalp reduction surgery. Daughter Ivanka Trump often makes fun of her dad's comb over to friends and delights in explaining how the crazy coiffure comes together according to fire and fury inside the Trump White House. She often described the mechanics behind it to friends, an absolute clean pate or pate in this case. Uh, a contained island a contained island after scalp reduction surgery surrounded by a furry or a furry circle of hair around the sides and front from which all ends are drawn up to meet in the center and then swept back and secured by a stiffening spray Aren't you getting a little too involved with somebody's hairstyle It's really not that interesting Yeah who cares It's just who cares what uh, why he does it or what It just it looks weird
4: uh, basically like So, you know how I'm bald on top? Mm -hmm. Basically, what they would do is they would cut that skin away and then pull this skin back. Oh, I see what
0: you're saying. (laughs) Ew. I've never heard of that before.
4: Kind of gross. I I seriously have never heard of that. that.
0: I'd rather just be bald.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah I, don't know.
4: It's, I don't know. I don't think I'd want my scalp skin all stretched out like that.
2: <laughs> Wouldn't you just be kind of like looking, hey, I'm smiling all the time? <laughs> That's what I wonder. <laughs> would it just be weird? Mm-hmm. The color she would point out to comical effect was from a product called Just for Men. The longer it was left on, the darker it got. Impatient results. Impatience resulted in Trump's orange blonde hair color. Scalp reduction, also known as alopecia reduction. I thought alopecia was... Total hair loss.
4: Alopecia just means lack of hair.
2: Just lack of hair. That's yeah. it. Because remember the Jiminy, Jiminy Glick, <laughs> the character that yeah. Martin Short used to play? He was talking to, oh, who the hell was it? Was was uh, Paul Schaefer, I think it was, who's bald. Uh-huh. He goes, yes, I got to tell you something, my friend, that alopecia is a tough road. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny.
4: It's a tough road. Oh one in ten over 60s has no gray hair
2: yeah one in ten yeah i think that's true 10 percent of people have no well Mm. your your grandfather has no gray hair never has he doesn't dye his hair he does not wow he's always had his natural hair it's kind of a sandy brown yeah interesting yeah he's never turned gray yeah even though he's
4: 90 something
2: (laughs) he's 90 years old
0: i think one of the best jiminy Glick uh thing interviews he did was with larry tape <laughs> oh
2: god it was unbelievable oh
0: i was crying i was laughing so hard it was just so funny
2: those I, two together were terrific
0: yeah we're gonna go see martin short and uh, oh yeah uh steve
2: martin and steve martin
0: yeah i'm really uh excited for it where is that uh treasure island i think I think
2: it's treasure island yeah. you're absolutely right Is that's coming up pretty soon isn't it august
0: yeah in august i think
2: august mm-hmm. yeah Scalp reduction, also known as alopecia reduction, is a procedure in which a surgeon removes a man's bald spot, then sews the more hirsute skin back together. Oh, God, they put Donald Trump's hairstyle on Barack Obama. (laughs) 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 That is cold right there. Uh, I don't know. It's just the whole thing is psychotic, if you ask me. So... I don't care where his hairstyle comes from. It's very weird looking, but I just don't care where it comes from. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I just, who, yeah, good. That's His hair is odd. I don't care about what color it is, whatever. Harare, Zimbabwe, the world's oldest person, is 141 years of age and lives in Zimbabwe. I doubt that. I do, too. Not far behind is a 134-year-old, also in Zimbabwe. At least that's according to the country's voters' roll, which has come under sharp scrutiny ahead of the July 30th election. Gee, really? Uh, the first in decades without longtime leader Robert Mugabe. The main opposition party has called the voters' roll deeply flawed and the most prominent sign that the election's credibility is at risk. On Wednesday, thousands of people rallied in the capital, Harare, to call for more transparency dancing and waving signs saying, no reforms, no elections, while President uh, Emerson Manangagwa... Had them all gunned down. Yes, exactly. Who took power when Mugabe was pressured to step down in November, and the Election Commission have pledged a free and fair election, except they got a 141-year-old voter and another 134-year-old voter. Yeah. The oldest person ever is, what, 119? Is Uh, that
4: right? Let's see... Oldest person living... Uh, of all time. Of all time was 122. 122. Oldest living person is 117. 117. Mm-hmm. So the 141's not
2: counting That is that what you're
4: saying? Yeah, that would be significantly above the official oldest person.
2: <laughs> yeah, significantly by uh, what? About 20 years? Yeah. 23 years. 24 years. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, God, this is cold. There's a story this morning on uh, Zerg, Zergnet. I think it's called Zergnet, Z-E-R-G. These stars have the worst personal hygiene. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. This woman does have the ugliest teeth I've ever seen, though. She's a very attractive woman and has really horrendous teeth. Yeah, she should do something about that. She really should. I don't think there's no there's no question about that. She needs to do something about it. I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at Donald Trump's hairstyle again. I just, why are you so fascinated by it? It's a bad hairstyle. He likes it that way. That's kind of up to him, right? Right?
0: Although, one of the best memes that they had um, when he was running for office, they had Donald Trump's hair and he was standing in the wind so his comb over was blowing up and then they had a corn on the cob. You know how the corn has all that hair yes, at the time yes. and it said who wore it better
2: <laughs> who wore it better the cop <laughs> or him i actually worked with a guy once and he was in the aquatennial parade <laughs> and he had one of those comb over deals yeah. so because the car would remove the hair from the top of his head the movement of the car he sat Facing out the back way, waving yeah. to people out the back over the trunk of the car so the wind wouldn't blow his hair away. <laughs> that is
0: a very um, unfortunate thing when that happens when yeah, your comb overs flap it in the wind. Oh my god, it's, yeah, it's like
2: I figured, this long.
4: I figured I would just skip that life crisis and <laughs> yeah. go straight for the. Oh,
0: and it's you viewing it, it's very uncomfortable because you're just like, Should I tell them? Well, I know. <laughs> it's.
2: What I liked is one time I went to to the doctor. I was down in Florida, and I went to the doctor. And there was a guy in there who apparently was uh, one of these saxophonists for Frank Sinatra. So this guy was like 90 years Mm -hmm. old. And unfortunately, what he did was he had let his hair turn gray again at the roots... He had dyed his other hair, and then he had a wig on top of it. No. He all the colors. The top of his head was very dark brown. The middle was kind of blondish brown, and the lower part was gray. So he looked like he had about four animals on his head. That's what he looked like. He did. He looked like he had animals on his head. Calico? (laughs) Yeah, calico cat. There you go. I just... Sir, it doesn't look good, and somebody close to you should step up and say, You look terrible, mm. right? You want to help the guy out, don't you? Maybe not. You guys are just <laughs> sitting there. I don't think so. Mm. Oh, God. now here, See, now, this is the Trump. If this is true, this is what annoys me so much about him. Uh, Trump is sick of Air Force One's Jackie Kennedy look. President has suggested new bed, paint job per Axios.
4: Well, I mean, if they haven't updated since, you know. Since
2: 62?
4: Yeah, then they
0: really should. But that airplane was not in, they didn't have 747s back in 63. So, actually, I think Kennedy's plane is on display, or it used to be on display at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a seven, what was that? Was that a DC 10?
2: Probably. Yeah. uh, Yeah, But then when they came out,
0: the 747, which was in 70, I don't know, it was in the mid seventies, I believe that's when air force one took that model, but
4: I don't know. This is the inside of air force one. Um,
0: looks fine to me for it, an airplane it does
4: look a little dated but it's, it's yeah like you said it's an airplane so yeah. i mean you're not going to be able to put anything that nice in an airplane because everything has to be as light as possible
0: yeah i mean it's a f- flying office i mean it, who cares what it looks like yeah. as long as the desks Ow. don't fall apart and um you have good uh service with beverage a beverage cart mm-hmm. i don't know i'd be happy you're with good to go yeah.
2: Well, here you go. It's unclear how much a revamp would cost. A now-canceled order to replace two refrigerators on the plane was going to cost $23.6 million. What? My God. For two refrigerators. Couldn't Trump
4: just, like, buy a fridge and hire someone to haul it into the airplane? That would be good. You there you go. No. a New local
0: Home Depot yeah. and get one of those small <laughs> <Exactly>. ones <laughs> for I'm, 50 bucks.
4: I'm sure the Air Force One fridge is, like, specially made out of some alloy that, you know, it's... Weighs as little as possible and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, every additional pound on a plane is going to be that much more fuel they burn. So they really do have to make it as light as they possibly can. Get a
0: Coleman cooler. That's all you
4: need.
2: Coleman cooler. We'll be right back right after this Tom Bernard show. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutrimose Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down 77 pounds, and in a couple of weeks, I'll do one more round to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It's on Monday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. That extra baggage melts away really fast, and one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods, too. That's important. Nutrimose Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutrimose Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutrimose Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on July 23rd. Just call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337.
0: Oh, wait for it.
2: There you go. So, basically, um, I don't know what this is, but I want to ask it. Does anybody know what Build-A-Bear is?
0: Yes, I love Build-A-Bear.
2: What is it?
0: You go to Build-A-Bear and they have um, an assortment of stuffed animals that aren't stuffed yet it's just the big... Ba- really? Yeah. So you have... I mean, they have their, they do like theme ones, like if it's Star Wars is big, they'll have bears that dress up or look like Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. They also have dinosaurs and all that stuff. Really? So what you do is you bring your child there, they pick out a bear or a dinosaur or whatever, and you bring it over to this machine and it puts... they put the stuffing in it and then one of the I don't know what they're called, but one of the build and bear build a bear employees. will you take a you get a little fabric heart to give mm-hmm. your bear a heart. Okay. And you can also add like uh, messages, like you can record your own voice. So and like put it in the bear and put it in the bear That's in the hand. Cool. So like if you wanted to give one to Fawn, mm-hmm. you know, a special thing for Fawn, you could record your voice and they'll put it in the hand or in the foot, and then they. They have like a way of, uh, there's like stitching where they just cinch it up. Mm -hmm. And then you can buy accessories for it. You can also add uh, scents to it to make your bear smell like cotton candy. uh, Good God, how much does this
2: bear cost? About 500 bucks? No,
0: actually, they're not that bad. Oh, they're not? Yeah, and then there's a bunch of stuff for accessories, Uh, clothes. Um, My youngest boy, he got one that looks like Darth Vader. It was already; it didn't have to have clothing, which was nice because the clothing is kind of spendy. The little bear clothes, but one year he wanted he was so into Toy Story, he wanted a Buzz Lightyear, so we got him a bear and came. And then I bought the; it was like twenty five dollars to buy the Buzz Lightyear outfit to put on him, and it has the wings and everything. Oh yeah, right. So yeah, that's what build a bear is. It's a fun little. I mean, it's probably age range from you know two years old to about seven.
2: All right, well, unfortunately, Build-A-Bear had some problems. Oh, no. Build-A-Bear was forced to shut down a deal that allowed customers to pay their age for bears after chaos overtook malls across the United States. I was going
0: bring my son there to today. <laughs> Tonight, well, yeah, I was thinking well, about it.
2: You're okay, though. Well, today, Build-A-Bear was set to celebrate Pay Your Age Day in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Customers had the chance to purchase a stuffed animal and pay only their age for the day. Mm -hmm. kids were able to pay just a few dollars for stuffed bears while adults fees were capped at twenty nine dollars the bears usually fall in the twenty to thirty five dollar range however the event had to be cut short after stores descended into madness idiots
4: ruined it for everyone wow that's exactly what
2: happened yeah that never happens does it
0: well i know i was like thinking okay is it really worth saving because i think a build a bear is actually just the bear to have one is like ranges from twelve to twenty dollars. Yeah, so you're
4: saving yeah. like what seven dollars? Yeah, oh so boy. if I was to
0: bring my youngest boy, I'd have to pay six dollars. So I'm like, if it's crowded there, is it even worth yeah. the hassle? Yeah. So
2: Oh the lines they showed the lines, they were blocks long to get yeah. into the store.
0: I guarantee you it's just pay for the bear itself. The age. Well, it's whatever. like, yeah. The clothes you have to probably pay full price probably, for. Probably,
4: yeah. If you're going there and you're sitting there in line and going through it and everything for like two hours just to save $10, why not just take in an extra hour at work and yeah. you're going to make like 30? There you go. Well, so I, there you go. It's much, much more efficient way of making money.
0: Yeah. I But I do recommend you and Catherine should take.
2: We'll take Fawn over there. Yeah.
0: I think it would be a fun day for you guys. And Where is
2: one. There's, There's one, one at the, of mall. the Mall of America. Oh, there is?
0: Yep. And then it's so cute. Once you get everything done, you go over to this little computer and you type in, you name your bear, you type it in, and you get like a birth certificate for your bear. Oh, see. Yeah.
4: yeah Amy and I made one, actually. Oh, you did? When it was like a new thing and oh, everyone, yeah. everyone was into it when it was new. Who's got
2: the bear now? I uh, Amy does assuming it still exists, who knows probably true But for local authorities, we cannot accept additional guests at our locations due to crowds and safety concerns Build-A-Bear posted on Facebook at 11am Eastern Time we have closed lines in our US and Canada stores, we understand some guests are disappointed and we will reach out directly as soon as possible brought my little one to the at Build-A-Bear pay your age event lines are super long, I was told it would be a 5 hour wait
0: Uh, yeah, not worth it
2: (laughs) yeah yeah, see, there you go. Put in five more hours
4: at the plant. There you go. You just made like $200 yeah, over true. time.
2: Oh, who, what? Yeah. You're getting 40 bucks an hour?
4: Overtime, probably. Well, overtime,
2: probably. Yeah, you're probably right.
4: Uh, but uh, let's see. Build-A-Bear started in 97. We definitely didn't go back then, but probably when I was like 16, 17, when it was still relatively new. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was extremely popular. I don't know if it's like how popular it is compared to back then. I don't think as much because I just remember it being huge at the time. How long does it take to build a bear? Probably like five minutes. Well, oh, that's all?
0: It depends on how busy they are because you have to wait for one of the employees to kind of help you through well, the yeah. process. Yeah. It's kind of
4: a, if your five-year-old is doing it, they're probably going to take
2: forever. Oh, God, forget it. You're out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, see, they have like a – oh, they have a sloth.
2: Sloth. <laughs> Ooh, they have a sloth. Yeah, they Very have exciting. like the
0: Jurassic World. Usually they'll kind of do some theme ones with, you know – Movies that are out. So probably the big thing now is Jurassic World. They have a rainbow oh, colored yeah, bear. Yeah, that
4: makes mm-hmm. sense. Apparently, fifty percent Build the Bear Workshop is the only major toy <laughs> retailer to survive the retail apocalypse. Apparently, Sorry. really.
0: They're actually cashing in on the Shark Week from Discovery. Of course and they, they are. got Sharks, and they have a hammerhead that looks like an alien.
2: <laughs> oh God.
0: I might have to go get that one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, whatever works.
4: I'm sure they have a left shark
2: bear. <laughs> yes. And all the meme bears.
0: Oh, these are funny looking. Probably
2: true. Leonard Fournette, like so many NFL players before him, believes he should be rated higher than he is in EA Sports Madden 19. Check out the Jacksonville Jaguar star running back reacting to the initial reveal, which shows he landed at an overall rating of 87. Fournette replied to this tweet, which generated a response from the game's Twitter account. What a nice, genuine, personal response. After receiving this uh, generic message, Fournette had enough. He then asked to be removed from the game entirely, either joking or not. We're not sure, as a matter of fact. He wrote, I'm not sending nothing. Just take me off Madden, period, and let my defense be number one on there. I must send to tackle Ha Y'all. <laughs> okay did he have a stroke
0: Hall y'all
2: haul, haul y'all <laughs> I'm a send to tackle haul y'all ass certainly <laughs> sounds like a stroke okay it does sound like he had a stroke uh, kind of mid-sentence there so I I don't know what they'll so there you have it somehow it seems hard to imagine fournette won't be playing as himself in the future regardless of his beef with the rating. I'm sorry, but they're not going to take you out of the game. They're not going to completely retool the game just to take you off because you don't feel you're rated high enough. Tough hop. It's just the way it is, pal.
4: Yeah, If you're an NFL player, the NFL owns you. Sorry. Yeah, pretty
2: much true, Yeah. yeah. And if you're an NFL player, my advice to you is stop beating your wife and children. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It is getting more and more and more common. For these NFL players to get arrested for beating the hell out of somebody. Mm -hmm. Calm down, all of you. Right?
0: Yeah, well, I think it really has to do with uh, the concussion issue. Plus, you know... Football players—they're constantly working out. Mm -hmm. Um, They're probably taking supplements, which will drive
2: them crazy. By the way, if they're taking steroids, they will drive you nuts. Well, even just some herbal supplements—I
0: think it just messes with their chemistry so much. Their hormones are just constantly raging. Because don't you give off hormones when you work out? Yeah, it increases your testosterone. Well,
4: all that muscle—they usually have an unhealthy amount of muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and true. that does increase your testosterone, which increases aggression. Yeah, and not to mention when they're that strong, you know, they hit someone and that person takes a lot more damage
2: than you know someone who's not all roided up. I suppose that is true. Anthony Bourdain encouraged people to travel. Even after death, he continued to empower others to explore the world. According to page six, he bequeathed his frequent flyer miles to his second wife, Octavia Boucha Bourdain. In his will, he asked that she dispose of them in accordance with what she believes to have been my wishes. The will, written shortly before the couple's separation in 2016, left the bulk of Bourdain's estate to his 11-year-old daughter, Ariane. Frequent travelers uh, planning on passing their miles to loved ones after death should know that each airline has a different policy for points. Loyalty programs are essentially contracts with the airline, and you need to review each airline's contract to see what is possible after death. Paula Leibovitz Goodwin, a partner in the personal planning group at Perkins Coy LLP, told Forbes, You cannot assume all of the contracts are the same. It is possible that the contract is not even assignable, and the airline spells out who the beneficiaries would be. While some airline loyalty programs are not eligible to be passed on when you do, like Delta and Southwest, others may transfer points for a fee. Those planning on bequeathing their miles should specifically mention a recipient in their will. Well, I suppose that's, yes, why wouldn't you? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. that's well, how wills work. I'd like to pass it on to whomever you think deserves them. No, I'm sorry.
0: I know. what. My, when my mom passed away, she didn't have a will. and we Oh, really? Are, yeah. Well, she, I mean, she was diagnosed with cancer last August, and she started chemo, and it was actually, I mean, even though the chemo made her sick, The doctors were saying that it was shrinking her lymph nodes and everything else. So she thought she was going to come out of it. Um, She did, I think, increase her life insurance policy just in case. But she never had a a will. And now that she's gone, we're in contention with my stepfather. Oh, God. Because he refuses to give us, Mm. like, family heirlooms and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, God, it's been a nightmare.
2: It is a nightmare. That Mm -hmm. whole thing is just, it's... That is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Having to fight over a will.
0: Yeah, I know it. It's, it's terrible. I know it's like he, somebody died here. <laughs> this yeah, well there is. We that. shouldn't be going through this, and it, it's been really hard on my sister and I because um, we just like haven't had time to properly grieve our mother because we've been yeah. dealing with all this BS. Uh, with her her stuff that I know that she wanted us to have.
2: How long ago did she die?
0: She died. It'll be a year at the end of September. I want to say it was September twenty third or twenty fourth. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't that that whole thing. I mean, hey, look. I mean, I've known people whose mother and father divorced or separated years and years earlier, like fifteen years. And then they mm-hmm. find out the 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 the, the, uh, the spouse died, man or woman, whoever it is. They all of a sudden come storming back because that person never bothered to exchange the recipient or to change the recipient oh, on their will? of their in their will.
0: Mm-hmm. So he came back and, and
2: walked away with like four hundred grand in life insurance.
0: I know, isn't that sad? He hasn't
2: even been around in fifteen years and all of a sudden he comes and collects 400 g's in in life insurance
0: i mean we it's terrible my mom she didn't even want a funeral she wanted you know she's yeah. like i don't want you guys she's always told my sister and i i just want to be put in the atlantic ocean because she grew up in north carolina oh yeah love right. the beach but then my stepfather's like well she never told me that oh like, god no, she's been yeah, saying she... it for years there you have it. i'm sure she told you at one point but yeah well, well, she we were... never told me. She oh never... well, yeah, we won't okay. go there. Why he probably forgot. Glug glug. So. Oh well,
2: that, gee, what is that? <laughs> mean? He, he was a swimmer. He liked to swim. Yeah. That's what it was. Glenn
4: yeah. is on the phone.
2: Glenn Dunswiler, Dunsweiler. How, how are you doing, Glenn? Good. How are you? Doing marvelously well. We have about a minute and a half before we go to a two-minute break, so we can talk a little bit now and then have the entire fifteen-minute last segment for you, sir. What do you think? Oh, great. It's a good thing. amazing. Glenn Dunsweiler, Things I've Learned from the Homeless. Glenn Dunsweiler is a filmmaker, producer, writer, and public speaker. He started his work with homelessness in 2010 when making his documentary, Why Homeless? After years of seeing the public bang their heads up against the same homeless issues, he was driven to write this uh, primer. Things I've Learned from the Homeless looks to explain the, to the world, the world that housed individuals often frustrated by... The goal is to flip viewpoints and homelessness to create new dialogues and to inspire action. I think it's going to be pretty fascinating talking to you, uh, Mr. Dunswiler, because many people have many different views on homelessness, including homeless people. They have completely different views on being homeless, whether they wish to be, they don't wish to be. Did you run into a lot of different opinions?
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There are many different opinions about what to do with homeless people, how to work with homeless people and different perceptions on who homeless people are. However, in, in general, everybody perceives homeless people as failures and they, then whether they uh, have sympathy for failures or they're frustrated by failures, they, they tend to, we in this country look at, people who aren't good at capitalism as kind of morally corrupt.
2: Yeah, I understand (laughs) that, yep.
5: And and then they approach homelessness from that viewpoint. And what I'm trying to challenge is they're not morally corrupt. They weren't good at capitalism for some one or more reasons, and that has no
2: judgment on their character. We will be right back in two minutes. uh, The full next segment with Glenn Dunsweiler, Things I've Learned from the Homeless, coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now, 651-748-4477. Or visit them online at drivewithpriority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver.
3: Let's talk about good things. Does your car work? You got a roof over your head? You got kids, parents, a spouse who loves you, or a mate? These are the good things you have because you live in America, the country that has more immigration than any other nation on Earth. You have these things because the US military stands at a wall and protects you from any person or thing that would take them away from you. The entire volunteer military that stands at the ready just in case. The greatest fighting force ever known on planet Earth. Every person serving in our military is ready to lay down their life For your freedom. And all too often, they do. I'm the executive director of the Gold Star Ride Foundation, an organization set up to do just one thing. Take care of families left behind when one of our brave fighters loses their life for you. We're riding motorcycles throughout the country to achieve this purpose, and you can help. Go to goldstarride.org and make a donation or learn where we are so you can come and ride with us. It's a small thing we do. It was a huge thing that they did. Goldstarride.org. That's goldstarride.org. Make a donation today.
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're talking about the documentary on Amazon Prime, Why Homeless. Also the book, Things I've Learned from the Homeless. Glenn Dunsweiler, D-U-N-Z-W-E-I-L-E-R. Glenn we got the whole segment now. I want to hear. You know, there's so many different opinions on homelessness. Uh, a lot of people who are homeless claim, "Well, I want to be homeless. I, I don't want my life to change." Do you think that's that's honest, or are they just trying to uh, maybe draw attention away from themselves? What that What's that all about? Sure. So, in my book, I make distinctions
5: between different types of homeless people mm-hmm. and. One of the types of homeless people are what I call vagabonds, hobos, and travelers. And vagabonds, hobos, and travelers, in my mind, are not homeless people. Right. They are people that are perfectly happy living in their car, living out under the uh, under the stars, and moving from place to place. The people that we're mostly talking about here— in, in, in homelessness mm-hmm. are people that are freaked out about not having a consistent place to live or stability in their lives. So, and really when we're talking about homelessness in the country in this country, we're not talking about vagabonds, hobo's and travelers. Right. Those those people are in different states of their lives. They're not that they they're not there because they didn't have a choice.
2: You know, Glenn, I think a lot of people don't understand that that there are different well like to me Human beings are just very, very tribal people. So if you're talking about vagabonds, you're talking about hobos, which I love that name anyway because it's just short for hoboy. A guy would carry a hoe with him and travel from place to place to help farmers uh, plant and dig up their crop. That's interesting. But, yeah, they're completely different. The truly homeless people are the ones, as you point out, they don't want to be homeless. They don't wish to be homeless. They're scared to death, and they just don't know what to do, Right.
5: Yeah, and some of them have th- – their best choice was to be homeless. And a friend of mine who read the book said, what do you mean their best choice? They said, well, we have a lot of messed up families in this country. And if you're getting your butt beat by your dad or yeah. someone or your husband, your best choice to not die is to become homeless. And then that's a scary prospect, but that happens. You know that happens a lot because we've got a lot of messed up families in this country. Yeah, I don't. And that's a, a, it's an overarching theme in the book as well.
2: Yeah, I don't think most people who, who look at homelessness really realize how dangerous it is to be homeless.
5: Yeah, it, it it is, and you are generally unwanted, and you have no protection around you, and even in a shelter shelters are a concentration of homeless people with different issues and then criminals will actually find that centralized target and so you become an easy target by going to a shelter yeah. or you become an easy target by not having any walls around you at all it's just it's really dangerous and especially if you're a woman it's it's yeah. it's a different world it is a different world when you're a woman and you're homeless
2: Len, is there a number for the people who would really be considered homeless, not as you said vagabonds and hobos and um, is there an, a number for the truly homeless out there?
5: Um, I have not asked that number and mm-hmm. the the number that the first off, the organization that I trust on any kind of statistics and statistics are generally I guess about homelessness because, homeless people are people and it's hard to kind of quantify what they're doing but national coalition for the homeless i asked them i said what are what what is the statistic that you can kind of stand behind and they said you know we can say that a third of the homeless population are mentally ill and or addicted to something Mm -hmm. but that's really the only statistic they gave me and really when I was doing research and I was doing, uh, I was doing production on my film, I had a, a police officer tell me that the way they counted the homeless was a shopping cart equaled one guy and a tent equaled two. Really? And I, I, my, my jaw dropped. I, I thought, suppose. really? That and they said, yeah, because we're not. We, if you're any good at being homeless, you don't want to be found by the police because we give you problems. So how do we count them? You know, and and it's really difficult, and so yeah, statistics and homelessness are really hard. You know, Glenn, they're the, really hard.
2: Several movies have been made about this, and uh, you know, th- these homeless camps all around the nation, and they're under bridges or they're out in some fields or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't re- remember the name of the movie. Um, uh, God, I, it, it doesn't matter. I think Robert De Niro started a movie about homelessness one time, and they would move from mm-hmm. camp to camp to camp to camp. And in the movie, at least, and I wanted to ask you this because you would know, in the movie, it appeared that, that women constantly suffered sexual assault if they were truly homeless. Is that is that the case? Well,
5: it, it is it is a concern. It is a mm-hmm. huge concern because... As a woman, you are automatically seen as a potential victim yeah. by men, and as a woman, you are potentially seen as a sexual object by men. That is just the way the genders work. <laughs> so yeah. when you when you are homeless and a woman, you've got to concern yourself with that at all time. Someone may want to control you and use sex to control you use rape to control you someone may actually be let's say mentally ill or uh, maybe in a position where they can force themselves on you or there are people out there because you are really vulnerable there are people that just want to victimize you there are that the criminals search for people to victimize and homeless are a real easy target and homeless women are a real easy target potentially
2: i do remember many many years ago there was a there was a spate of these things happening where where for some reason gangs of young men and young boys would set homeless people on fire and i don't know remember that sure it was terrible. Yeah,
5: in in, in the early two thousands, there was a website called Bum Fight. Right, right. Where they yep. would they would set people up and to to beat on homeless people and, you know, youth and testosterone, for boys and yeah. young men and alcohol, and a, a crazy night out can make people do insane things to people that they don't view as quite fully human. And yeah, yeah, That's the
2: problem, you know, it's easy to view a, a homeless person as not quite human. I suppose that is true. There's one line in the bio for the book "Things I've Learned from the Homeless" Glenn Dunswiler, our special guest, and that's this line: the goal is to flip viewpoints on homelessness, to create new dialogues, and to inspire action. What, what do you mean by? Is there one general viewpoint? By the people who live in houses across America, is there one specific viewpoint they have on homelessness?
5: Yeah. Well, the big one is that they're all mentally ill and addicted to oh, drugs okay. and they yeah. got themselves into it. But the other solution that we always kind of try and use is charity and yeah. nonprofits. The problem is we. We're capitalists, and we don't admit that we're capitalists, and we don't like charity. We, don't, we see it as a one-way proposition, and we get burned out on it. We can't wrap our heads around the idea that someone would need help long-term. It's, it's a, that, that's daunting to us, and so we always look at the deal, and my proposition is we need to start looking at solving homelessness and look at the deals that we can make. And we are always concerned with exploiting a population if we're trying to, let's say, act charitable towards the population. But if we don't figure out how to view an advantage that we could get from helping someone, kind of this um, reciprocal relationship, then we're just gonna keep doing the same thing. We're gonna be fighting about money. We're gonna be losing our own money. We're going to be giving and then just, we, we're going to get tired of giving. We're going to say, I can't give anymore. I don't have anything. I'm not getting anything for this investment. Mm-hmm. So if we start looking at this situation creatively and say, well, what marketing person, what can you get out of helping this shelter figure out the best? Place for their restore so they could be self-sustainable and sell some things? Or um, let's say realtors, realtors, what can you get out of this deal if you find a shelter that is acceptable for a community? And And let's say we work on, because there's this, whole movement of, you know, yeah, we want to help, but not in my backyard. Well, my question is, well, what are you willing to help? Who are you willing to help? Pick a population. Do you want to help veterans? Are you okay with help having veterans in your backyard? Right. Are you okay with having, having young women and their children in your backyard? Are you okay with, let's say LGBTQ? If you're huge into LGBTQ runaways, though, that's a huge population, Let's get the youth off the street. I think everybody can get in um, on board of that. Yep, you know, yep. and and the thing, the conundrum we have, especially about homeless youth, we're talking about anywhere from nine years old to seventeen. God, is their legal liability for the government because we're legally supposed to put them back with their parents? Well, they may have been running away from a family that was abusing them or exploiting them. And putting them back is the worst thing possible. So you kind of get into this legal conundrum of, well, how do I support this child that I am supposed to give back to a potential abuser? And that's a huge problem. So how as a community can we get behind that and say, can, let's legally work with lawyers. Lawyers, help us out. Figure this out. How can we make these people stable? Because if we can get children back stable and supported, then we have the best shot at not continuing this homeless conundrum that we have in, in this country. And really, I'm seeing a resurgence since 2012, 2010 when I made the documentary. Mm-hmm. Well, right back where we started in 2010,
2: out really? of the housing crisis. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that is true. Glenn, is a big part of it, uh, and you talked about it at the very beginning of this interview. Um, Those people who are dressed very well standing by the exit on the freeway with signs, those are not truly homeless people. They're far too well-dressed to be homeless. They're far too clean. Those people, see, I get very upset by that, Glenn. I'll be honest with you. Because they're trying to appear sure. to be homeless and desperate, and they, even on their signs it says, I'm homeless. And you can just tell by the way they right. carry themselves, their clean hair, their clean clothes, their nice clothes. These are not homeless people. How can somebody get out there and pretend to be homeless just to make money?
5: Well, it's 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 marketing. And I, yeah. I, I, I also call it, I bring this out in my book, you know, panhandlers are panhandlers, right? If they had an LLC, we'd call them entrepreneurs. They are people that have decided they're going to make money the way they want to make money. And they're not going to ask for handouts from a larger organization mm. or to play the victim. They are really kind of just playing their own game. And in that, you have to attract your market. And I've talked to panhandlers that'll say, I don't dress nicely because I don't get money when I dress nicely. I have to dress like a gross person Mm -hmm. in order to get the pity. Or yeah, I fly a veteran sign to try to get someone to give me some money because someone may care about veterans. They may not be a veteran. But what they're doing is they're trying to survive. And a friend of mine just yesterday said, how can I tell the difference between a panhandler that, that is legitimate and a panhandler that's illegitimate? Right. And I said, well, define what legitimate and illegitimate is. And she said, well, I saw this one panhandler that he was asking for help, and then he got help. And then afterwards he, called, he, took, he brought out a cell phone and called, called someone. And I said, so if you have a cell phone, you don't need help? And she kind of stood back and went, well, I said, okay, so this is the deal, you know, it's panhandlers are panhandlers. Yeah, they're not necessarily yeah. homeless. They're right. just people that are asking for money. And it's really a transaction. It's like they give you, if they have a funny sign, they give you some entertainment for some cash. If they're a veteran, they give you their, you know, thank you for your support for their cash. It's, it's really, it's a deal. It, all panhandling is, is a deal. And, uh, I've actually, funny thing I've now seen, bigger companies, bigger nonprofits try to subvert that deal by saying, you know, don't give to panhandlers, don't give $5 to the guy flying a sign. We're going to give you an app and you can give $10 to Salvation Army. It's like, wow, that's just the bigger guy cutting out the little guy. And we're going, you know, we're getting donations. We'll give donations to guys in suits and with tax breaks, but we don't give donations to, to dirty dudes. That we perceive as liars,
2: Glenn. We're going to have you know? to we're going to have to have you on again and talk more about this because I'm I'm learning a yeah, lot yeah. talking to you today. So I'd love to have you back on the show, sir.
5: Sure, hey, I'd love to be. I'd love to be back. You I, want... I love flipping the the ideas.
2: Yeah, no, no question. Glenn Dunswiler, D-U-N-Z-W-E-I-L-E-R. Glenn Dunswiler. The book is called Things I've Learned from the Homeless. Thank you for your time today, sir. And we'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Yeah, he he handles it very well, explaining Mm -hmm. what this is really all about. You know, he's compassionate, and he's passionate about it, but not over the top where people go, oh, my God.
0: Well, he wants to make a difference. Yep, he does. Mm -hmm.
2: Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show.